Hello, welcome to People Who Are Politicians. I'm your host, Matt Antonelli, and the episode you're about to listen to features Councillor Peter Cumming from the Winning Manly Ward in uh, Brisbane City Council. Uh, he is also the leader of the opposition in Brisbane City Council, so um, and he's a member of the Labour Party. Uh, he has represented Winning Manly in council since 1994, so he's, you know, he's a very experienced politician. He's been around for a while, so it was really good to talk to him and talk about his career and talk about what Labor is aiming to do in council leading up to the next council election and what they would like to do and the work that he has been doing in his ward. So, uh, And also just to talk about Wynnum, which is a really, um, Wynnum Manly, I should say, uh, a really lovely part of Brisbane, a really nice place to go for a walk and to um, really soak up some of that seaside kind of life. So um, I have put some stuff in the episode description that Peter and I just talked about in the episode, about things you can do in Wynnum, events you can check out, and also just some, you know, maybe some parks and things you might like to go to. I've also put where you can follow Peter on Twitter um, and, and Facebook and all those places to keep up to date with the work that he's doing in, in council. Uh, also, if you like this episode, it'd be really great if you could follow and like us on Facebook and Twitter and also rate and review this on iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher. So thank you very much. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to People Who Are Politicians. I'm your host, Matt Antonelli, and today I'm joined by Councillor Peter Cummings, the Councillor for Wooden Manly Ward. How are you? Good, thanks, Matt. Uh, so you're also the leader of the opposition in Brisbane City Council as well. That's correct. So how about you? We start off with um, the Wynnum Manly Ward. Can you give us a bit of an overview of what it's like here? Yeah, look, uh, Wynnum Manly is a beautiful area. Of course, we're on the bay, and uh, uh, we've got the moderating influence of the of, of the bay, so that uh, it's a bit cooler than the rest of Brisbane uh, during summer, and it's a bit warmer during winter. So. Uh, that makes it a, a great area to start with, but then we've got a lot of uh, facilities along the Esplanade, uh, which uh, people love visiting, and it's a just it's an area, it's an old established area with a great community feel as well. And you were first elected in 1994 here. Yes. yes. Uh, what were you doing sort of prior to, to your interest in politics? Yeah, prior to uh, being elected, I was a, a solicitor. Yeah, I went through University of Queensland. I got a degree in uh, economics and law. Uh, economics is sort of a, of a hobby study, I guess, uh, and, and law was the, the serious study. And I uh, became a solicitor. I did uh, personal injuries claims, family law, basically uh, court-related uh, process. I actually found it quite a good background for, uh, for being a, a, a counsellor or being a politician generally because... Um, uh, when you're a solicitor, people come to see you. They don't come to see you because the, everything's going really well. They come to see me because there's a problem, and you try to solve their problem. And uh, it's the same in uh, in uh, politics: is uh, people come to see you with problems, and uh, you do what you can to solve their problems. You mentioned there that that kind of uh, those skills obviously help you as a counsellor. Sure. But what sort of got you interested in politics initially? Yeah. Uh, well, it was. When I was at university, I, I think I, I started thinking about uh, politics and uh, I was always attracted to the Labor side of politics and I thought that uh, the Labor Party had ideas that would improve uh, improve 
life for people in general, uh, for Australian people, for Queensland people, for Brisbane people. And uh, so I've always been uh, uh, convinced of that. And I still remain convinced that Labor is the, the best way of dealing with uh, any issues and uh, we come up with the best ideas for uh, improving quality of life for people in, in this country. And what are some of those uh, um, policy areas, the public needs areas yeah. that you are focused on in, on the Labor side? I've always uh, had a keen interest in uh, in improving parks uh, in uh, in the area. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, upgraded facilities. When I first was elected, there was a few sort of basic swings sets and that sort of thing in the parks down here. Uh, subsequently, we've got a great great variety of uh, of uh, facilities in the parks, and uh, that's a real attraction for people who live in the local area. Uh, it makes it a great place to bring up kids. There's so many so many facilities in the parks. And I, I think, uh, on a citywide basis, that's a really important thing as well. That um, you know, you have good quality facilities, get the kids out and about, uh, uh, playing on the swings, uh, enjoying themselves, burning up energy, uh, not getting overweight, and uh, so. Uh, and it's also great for for this area and attracts a lot of visitors on weekends to come down here and use the facilities. When you ran that first time, what was that like? Like. Um running as a candidate for the very first time ah uh, yeah look i um it was um it was quite a difficult election the uh the liberal candidate probably had a higher profile than me she'd she'd run before so more people had uh, met her so uh i uh, took it very seriously I th- my recollection was i uh resigned from my employment in about october of of uh, 1993 and the election was March 1994 uh, so I actually gave myself uh, five to six months to uh, to, ca- to campaign I, I doing off the whole area uh, and because uh, I, I, I was determined not to let things slip and, and to maximize the uh, my vote and the labor vote in the area and uh, thankfully uh, it turned out all right and uh, I got elected do you have a particular personal um, philosophy or criteria that you use to judge um, different um, things that come through council? Yeah, look, uh, gen- the general uh, rule I'd use is whether it's going to uh, improve the situation in Brisbane, improve the quality of life for Brisbane residents. But the other thing you've got to take into account is how much it's going to cost. You know, you might have something that appears a good idea, but the cost is exorbitant, and you just got to say, no, look... Uh, We've got to provide value for money for, for ratepayers, and uh, so therefore you really got to take into account that as well. The LNP has a large majority yes. in the council. Yeah. Um, what's that like facing such a large team? Oh, look, it's, it's, it is very difficult uh, to let you know that there's 26 councillors in the Brisbane City Council. Uh, the Labor opposition is five councillors. Uh, the, uh, there's a, a Green councillor, there's an independent councillor, and then there's 19 uh, Liberal councillors plus the Lord Mayor. So they've got, when, when everyone's there to have a vote, the vote goes 20, 20 in favour and five and perhaps a couple others against or something like that. So it does, uh, it does make it very difficult. Uh, the, the, another way, it, it, the reason it's difficult is just the, uh, the, the resourcing for, you know, uh, sort of media and research and all that sort of thing. We have one staff person, that's all we have, whereas uh, the Lord Mayor's office has a budget of about $2 million, and, and on top of that, uh, each of the chairs of each of the seven committees have a couple of staff as well, so you know, we're massively uh, under-resourced. And uh, it, like when, the, uh, when Labor were in opposition at uh, state level, when uh, Campbell Newman was in and Labor was down to seven in the, uh, 
in the state parliament, they had uh, something like 23 staff. So uh, we've got one. <laughs> so, and we'd like, you know, we'd like another one <laughs> if, uh, if uh, the Lord Mayor's out there listening. But uh, you know, uh, it, it it does make it extremely busy. But look, we've only got, as I said, we've only got five. We've got each of our uh, spokespersons uh, very much across their uh, portfolios. Uh, they're doing the media on each of those areas. I, I think we're doing a good job in in bringing some pressure to bear on the administration. Uh, we've highlighted things like, you know, the amount of uh, Money being spent by uh, on promoting the Lord Mayor, for example, uh, we, we estimate there's something like seven million items a year going to letterboxes with the Lord Mayor's face on it, <laughs> and that makes it very hard to compete as well. But they've also, you know, they've got bus advertising, they've got uh, billboards, they've got some, they've got TV advertising, and radio advertising. There's just a massive amount of advertising uh, being. Uh, Put out there, paid for by ratepayers. We think that's wrong, and uh, we've uh, done whatever we can to uh, to publicise that. And we think we're getting a bit of traction anyhow. So you know, we uh, no use complaining. We uh, <laughs> just do the best we can. Yeah. And just to want to talk about your position as leader of the opposition for yes. the moment, um, because I've had a couple of um, friends and people a little bit confused about because I guess at a state or federal level, the leader of the opposition is the the alternative leader yeah, of the yeah. state so sure. what's how's it different in council well it's different in council in that uh if you want to run for lord mayor you've got to give up your uh, uh ward position and you've got to run as the lord mayoral candidate now uh i uh i made it clear at the outset I'll, i wouldn't be running as the lord mayoral candidate so uh and my colleagues chose to pick me as the opposition leader but that's been the same uh for the Labor Party for some time and for the Liberals as well that uh, uh, the person who was the opposition leader didn't didn't run for mayor you know it's, it's many years since that happened the the opposition leader actually ran for mayor so so uh, you know I mean that's that's the situation uh, we have got uh, Rod Harding he's been uh, pre-selected now he ran last time the council election he got about a nine percent swing but he's still got another nine percent to go but uh, he's a uh, very good candidate and we're all doing all we can to support uh, and promote Rod as the next Lord Mayor of Brisbane. Given your career has been you know, quite quite long, mm. um, what have been some um, successes for you? What have been some things that you've been working hard towards that you've gone through council or some yeah. things in your community that you've been able to get yeah. accomplished? Well, I mentioned earlier, I don't like to repeat it, but I will, <laughs> is the, uh, is the, uh, the uh, improvements along the Esplanade. Uh, we've got uh, excellent uh, uh, facilities. We've got... Uh, uh, a uh, wading pool here, a very old wading pool, which uh, in the old days was just water out of the bay and it was getting a bit murky and that sort of thing. And a lot of people didn't let their kids go in it. Since then, we've had a, a filtration process put in. So a lot more people use the wading pool. We've got a water play there. Uh, we've got playground equipment. We've got uh, an extra playground down at Manly with a big spider net, which kids love climbing up. Uh, at uh, Lota, we've got a, a, a wooden playground, which is very good as well. But there's other things as well. We've got a great library for this area as well. And, uh, you know, there's, it, there's a lot of uh, good facilities around Winter Manly that, uh, that I'm very proud of being associated with over the years. Given that the next council election is 2020, yep. so it's a, a year and a, and a bit away, um, what are some key things that you think say Labor gets majority and yep. Rod Harding's mayor, what are some key things that you think the, that you'd do differently to the current administration? Yeah, look, well, we wouldn't be spending all the money I've talked about earlier on advertising. Uh, we, uh, 
when uh, I can recall when uh, Jim Sawley was Lord Mayor, we used to put out a flyer in with the rates notice, and people get their rates notice on a quarterly basis. And so, you know, it was once a quarter there was something from, from the Lord Mayor about what was happening in Brisbane, not the uh, current situation where it's uh, uh, there's a, a monthly newsletter, plus there's stuff about... Uh, uh, various other things that are happening as well, sort of thing, and you know the uh, metro and all that sort of thing as well, being publicised, and and so we, we'd we'd stop the abuse of, uh, in my view, the abuse of ratepayers' funds for uh, for which which we say for political purposes. So we would uh, we would stop that. Uh, we would fund the uh, opposition properly in terms of uh, staffing and everything like that as well. We uh, you know we uh, think that there's certainly more staff. Are required for, to allow an opposition to do their job properly, and uh, so uh, and generally we we look at uh, suburban projects, congestion busting projects, rather than the, the administration. We've been critical of them and spending uh, a lot of money on uh, Kingsford Drive. They spent six hundred and fifty million dollars on a project that's sort of gold plated and. Uh, it's only going to save one minute in travel time. We think the money could have been sp better spent spread across the city and on smaller projects uh, that would have been had greater savings for uh, for the residents of Brisbane. And just given the fact that a lot of people, you know, just talking about politicians generally, they yep. don't have a a positive a view on them, maybe because of um, you know scandals in papers or um, maybe what's happened in the Ipswich City Council. Um, yeah, yeah. How do you change that? perception of what um, how politicians are viewed by the public yeah. look I um, I think uh, it, it's an interesting issue I've found that once I've met people and you get to know them uh, people don't have that attitude towards you so I think it's it's, it's an attitude generally expressed against politicians in general you know out there politicians out there that they've never met you know they're all lazy and they're you know they're in their to feather their own nest and that sort of thing but when you get to know people and you've and you've uh, tried to help solve an issue for them, or you've had dealings with their organisation, their sporting club, or their uh, uh, service club that they're involved with, they uh, have a different view towards you. Then, so so if they've still got that attitude towards politicians, it's it's towards other politicians, yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. not towards. My councillor, he's great. Yeah, other yeah, councillor coming, he's all right, and, and the state member, Jane Peace, he's all right, you know. Because, uh, yeah, so that's, um, I, I think that's, you know, but there's, there is certainly a certain segment of the, of the population that, uh, that have, um, uh, are disillusioned with politicians, that's true, and that's why you got, um, uh, got uh, an increased vote in some levels of government for the likes of One Nation, for example, you know, that's, I think, that's those people, but then when, if they vote for One Nation people and they get in, we had, you know, quite a few of them in the state parliament at one stage, they were, uh, uh, acted very much like politicians and uh, and soon got a very bad reputation and most of them got kicked out after one term sort of thing. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's a difficult issue sort of thing. But it's uh, all I can do, you know, you do your best to help people. And uh, if... if it, look, I think most politicians do. Some, you know, I would say don't work hard enough. But, uh, but you know, uh, a lot of politicians work very hard on... Uh, on both sides of uh, of the of politics, and uh, they do the best they can to help their constituents. And if, if people keep doing that, and but it, it look, it does let the uh, politicians generally down to have what happened in Ipswich, for example. Uh, we haven't um, we haven't seen uh, all the allegations that have been made in Ipswich yet. I, I think that process will go on for a while. 
uh, and uh, if there's any sort of uh, behaviour from anyone that's con- corrupt or anything, that's you know that's disgusting, that's wrong. And uh, but I, I shouldn't, I don't, I'd urge people to uh, not believe that all politicians are corrupt or a ma- big majority or anything like that, because I don't think that's true. I think it's a tiny minority who are who are doing the wrong thing and uh, and uh, effectively taking bribes or whatever or. Uh, uh, or that sort of thing, uh, but I think that's uh, a rarity rather than common. Yeah. And you mentioned before the the waiting pool and yep. the the area itself. Um, what are some things that uh, people should come to Wynnum for? Yeah, look, we've got a number of festivals down here every year, which are very popular. We've got a, a, a Halloween festival in Manly, which I, I still think is the biggest Halloween festival in in Southeast Queensland. It's on the last Saturday in October. It's not actually on the precise. Uh, uh, Halloween Day, which I think is the 31st of October, but it's it's on the last Saturday in October each year. Uh, so it's on again in a few weeks' time. Uh, there's uh, we get thousands of people come along to that. People, can, kids come along, get dressed up in their Halloween outfit, and if they want to go into the march, they just line up at the top of the street and walk down the street and everything. And it's, it's just a very simple process. But there's a lot of great costumes. A lot of people go to a lot of trouble. There's a lot of there's rides and everything like that, and there's food and entertainment, and it's a uh, it's a really great festival, and it's on from uh, 11 a.m. till 9 p.m. Uh, on the 27th. Uh, we've got a, a jazz festival down here, which is a great. It's on Father's Day every year, so it, it's on from about 10 till uh, 10 till 3. It's it's a good festival. We've got uh, uh, for the last two years we've had an Aboriginal Corroboree festival down here, which has been really well uh, run and. Uh, there was a good crowd this year, excellent crowd, and there was entertainment went went on for about uh, four or five hours. Very, very well done, dancers, singers, and the like. So uh, that's something to look out for as well. It's uh, it's part of the Kwandamuka Festival, and uh, the other one we have, which I am involved in organising, is the uh, Australia Day breakfast we have every year down on the Esplanade too, where we get a couple of thousand people to that as well, and it's. Uh, it's all free, free rides, free food, and uh, people really enjoy themselves as well. So, and we we even allow outsiders from other parts of Brisbane to come, to come along, sort of sure. thing. You know, yeah. I'll um I'll make sure I'll, I'll grab a, bu- a bunch of info and put that in the episode description for people to yeah, find. Sure, also, sure. um, what about contacting you? Where where are some places people yeah. can talk to you? Yeah, look, I um, obviously here in the office. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. The office is. Uh, the the other thing I should mention there at the outset, I I'm sort of serious about making myself uh, readily available to contact. I've got in front of me here uh, my uh, my business card, and it's got my mobile phone number on it. And uh, I know some people don't put their mobile on, but I I do. I think uh, we're in a twenty four seven occupation, and I think uh, people should be able to contact you. And uh, you know. I don't mind if people do ring me at any time of the day or night, and uh, the fact that I've got my mobile there makes me as accessible as possible, sort of thing. You, you know, even out of hours, you can ring me, and I'll have my phone with me, and so I've got it, everything I put out. Uh, I've got here a, a shopping list, a, a calendar, and a, and a uh, business card. I've all got my mobile phone on it. So, uh, but look, people, uh, a lot of people these days send emails, uh, and uh, you know, or they they ring you in the office or whatever. Uh, the uh, the other thing, I, I, I do do a lot of door knocking, and over the years I've probably door knocked the whole area probably about three times, and uh, that's a good way of talking to people. But uh, if I go out to functions or events, you know, uh, I quite often people start talking to me about um, about council issues, and I take down the details and try to solve the matter for them. 
Uh, I, I do go to local shopping centres from time to time. Uh, Wynnum Plaza out of Wynnum West. Uh, I go in there and get a, a stall and stand there. I found it's a really good way of meeting people. I, I, last couple of times I've done it, I've been there from uh, about uh, eight o'clock in the morning till five o'clock in the evening. So by the end of the day, your legs are a bit tired, but <laughs> uh, but it's a great way of seeing uh, hundreds and hundreds of people from around that Wynnum West area who. Uh, who go shopping there but want to have a chat about council issues as well. So the more accessible you make yourself, the, the better it is, I think, for any politician. One, you're doing your job properly and and the other thing is, you know, come re-election time, people can't won't be able to say, oh, we haven't seen you since the last election because I'll say, oh, well, I've been to Wynnum Plaza, I've been door knocking, I've been uh, handing out stuff at railway stations, you know. So I'm, I just said I make myself as accessible as possible. And after your time in politics is over, um, yep. you know, whenever that may be, um, how would you like to be remembered by this area or by Brisbane as a whole? Yeah, uh, look, probably f- for the area, I just think uh, hopefully fondly. <laughs> but, uh, oh, no, look, ho- hopefully that uh, people would see that uh, I've made improvements to the area since I've been elected. And uh, that's something that's, uh, that they regard me as favourably about. And also that... Um, uh, I've been fair to people and I've given them a fair hearing and I've tried to do whatever I can to, to solve their problem. You can't always solve people's problem. You know, there's some things that are intractable uh, that you just, you know, the, the, the answer's probably got to be no, unfortunately. Uh, uh, and the other thing is, you know, there's people that sometimes come and expect you to solve problems that are uh, uh, really the uh, bailiwick of another level of council, you know, it's this, a this state or federal issue uh, and sometimes they don't understand the difference between council but uh, not that I try to use that to brush people off, if there's any council involvement well, we get them involved as well, you know, you can have a, a cross, uh, cross government meetings to, to try to resolve issues as well sort of thing, uh, like just across the road here we've got a a problem with Tel- a Telstra pit that's caused all sorts of problems and uh, but the council is sort of uh, not directly involved, but council can council staff can contact Telstra as well and try to get them to do something about it. So you know, uh, th- there's these things that can be done to help people. So I, I think you know, I'd like people to think that I was uh, that I was fair. Look, I, as as far as the citywide, I think um, I uh, as opposition leader, I, I'd like to think we're making some traction. And uh, I guess it's going to depend on the next election. But I'd, if we end up winning more wards at the next election. And if uh, if Rod Harding ended up being elected as Lord Mayor, well, you know, I'd say, well, hopefully, uh, my uh, leadership of the uh, of the opposition has um, helped that situation to to come about, and that I'd you know get some credit for that as well. Yeah. But uh, we'll see what happens with that. That's not till March 2020, but anyhow, it's uh, it's something that we're all we're keenly aware of, and we're starting to campaign already. So yeah, yeah. And finally, just um, what advice would you have for uh, people who are um, perhaps considering running or joining a party like is politics something people should put their hand up for yeah look I think uh, you look if you're uh, if you want to if you're doing it for the right uh, reason yeah I think it is look if you think it's going to be a cushy job or easy money or anything like that well my advice would be don't do it because <laughs> you'll find it's not a cushy job it's uh, it's uh, and it's not uh, and considering the number of hours you put in, the money's not particularly good either, sort of thing. So, uh, you know, you've got to really be committed to it. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to want to help people, and you've got to be prepared to sacrifice. You know, a lot, lot of, uh, 
uh, politicians, you know, that you, you do spend a lot of time away from your family and uh, that's that's part of the job. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's council, state or federal, that's 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 part of it, unfortunately. And that that's a bad thing sort of thing. And a lot of people, you know, their marriages don't survive being in politics and uh, a lot of that's because, you know, they're away for so long. Uh, they're out of the house, they're out, you know, they don't get any time to socialise with their spouse or whatever. So that can be a real issue as well. So, you know, there are there are significant downsides. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, if you're doing it for the right reason, as I said, I think it's an honourable an honourable profession. And uh, I do believe that. And, uh, I, you know, I urge people to, uh, con- to obviously to consider that sort of thing. I say to young, young people wanting to get into politics that they should get themselves a career as well, you know, uh, consider... Uh, you know, go go to uni, get a qualification, or you know, get a trade and and get a get a good job and everything like that, and uh, then uh, then consider at some later stage whether they want to get into politics. I think that's the way to go about it. Uh, you shouldn't set your set your whole uh, you know your whole future on on the dream of becoming a politician because if then if you miss out, you uh, you could be very disappointed, sort of thing. Yeah. And do you think that also? Um, just to pick up on that. Yep. That's just that um, you get a bit more life experience, I guess, before you just. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think uh, I think you can be probably too young to. You know, I was thirty four, and I even think that was possibly a bit young. But look, uh, the other thing though, it's uh, it's not bad for parties to have a, a range of age groups in in politics. You know, there's been a number of councillors elected in their twenties in um, in my time in in council, and uh, you know, I don't think they've done too badly, but. You see some of them now; they're as uh, sort of the early to mid thirties, and you, and they seem to. And I think they're losing a bit of enthusiasm, sort of thing. And uh, you, you wonder what the future holds for them, sort of thing. So, but uh, but you know, a range of age groups is good, I guess, in any in any uh, team. Our uh, our uh, group ranges from uh, sort of early thirties to early sixties, and our five councillors. So you know, we're, we've got a reasonable range, and. Uh, we think that I think that's okay as well. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thanks, Councillor, for catching up with us. No worries. I it's, uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and uh, to go through all the issues you raised with me. Thank you for that. Thanks, Matt. <laughs>